Welcome back to the Girl Scout Troop Leader Experience podcast. Um, Today's episode was an idea that I had when I recorded the previous episode all about year planning in 2021 during COVID, Um, trying to figure all this out now that we're going back to life. Um, But I kind of realized that part of the reason I was wanting to do that episode where I was talking about year planning was specifically for brand new troop leaders who um, don't really have Girl Scout experience, who are feeling a little lost and overwhelmed by Girl Scout culture and Girl Scout climate and everything like that. So I wanted to do a crash course to kind of the Girl Scout year, Girl Scout seasons, Um, This is not a fully comprehensive list, and certainly there's lots of things on here that you don't have to do anything in the spirit of. You can do any activity at any time of year, but I um, wanted to kind of talk about what is pretty normal to hear about at different seasons throughout the year in the Girl Scout world and in your council. Now, some things are going to vary by council. So I'm going to go ahead and say like a big one, obviously, is cookies. Cookie season falls in a different time of year, no matter where you live. Most of us sell cookies during the spring term. That could be anywhere from January through, I would really even say from December through like May. Um, There are Girl Scout cookies being sold in different parts of the country in all of those months. And um, some people even sell cookies in the fall, which is very unusual. But there are a couple of places that do sell cookies in the fall. If that's the case, then this is not going to be um, perfect for you. It is not a (laughs) finely scientific (laughs) um, process, but this is just sort of kind of normal, um, quote unquote. And yeah, anyway, with all that being said, let's go ahead and talk about it. Now, a lot of Girl Scouts, uh, Girl Scout season, like troop season, is really during the school year. So whatever your school year is, that's usually troop season. Summer break in between, um, like when classes aren't happening, is often more about summer and residential camp and taking time off of troop stuff. But some troops certainly do meet year-round. You definitely can meet year-round. If your families want to meet year-round and you want to do it year-round, that's cool. If you don't want to do it year-round or if you didn't know you didn't have to do it year-round, then here's some happy news. You can meet just during the school year and then you get two to three months off every year where you get to just take a freaking break because it's a little bit exhausting and you deserve to focus on you and your family and take a breather. Normally in the summer, um, my troop does take a break and then we would do like one activity over the summer for the girls to all get together not like badge oriented, nothing like super intense. We do like a pool party or something like that. And that way the girls could um, get together, spend some time running around outside, see each other. We could see them. Um, And it's sort of like a holdover. But you can meet like normal. You can do a modified schedule or you can skip it. With that being said, um, back to school. Back to school is also called back to troop in Girl Scout land. So In Girl Scout marketing materials from your council, from GSUSA on the Girl Scout shop, you're going to hear it referred to as back to troop. 
basically what that means is it's an opportunity for um, girls and leaders to kind of dive back in. Recruitment is like in full swing during this time um, because back to school nights are happening and those two things usually go together. That's a really good time to recruit girls and volunteers. Um, and so in most places, that's going to be circa August, September. And that's when you're going to see the marketing materials from GSUSA. And um, your council is going to be obviously a little more appropriate to your area. But every school district is even different. Like my kid, I only have one one kid who's still in K-12, but my kid goes back in July, um, which sounds so nuts. But um, yeah, he goes back at the end of July. And so um, <laughs> It just totally varies, but uh, definitely you're going to see a lot of back to troop and sort of recruitment marketing collateral in September. And so for my area, that's late. Um, now, you can start anytime if you're new, but if you're returning, you're probably going to start before September if you, you go back to school in July or early August. Um, so I'm going to say August slash September is back to school slash back to troop. Um, and this is also a really good time to do investiture and rededication. So just um, a, a quick crash course to what that means. Investiture is a ceremony for brand new Girl Scouts to commit to the promise and law and basically agree to um, embrace like the Girl Scout lifestyle slash quote unquote rules, but also it's a welcoming ceremony for a brand new member. Like, welcome to the sisterhood. You're one of us. And it can look like pretty much anything because um, all ceremonies and Girl Scouts are like pretty much anything. Um, but there are certainly lots of uh, kind of templates or ideas that are already on the internet. Um, that's not what this episode is for, so I'm not really going to go into that now. But basically, it's like a new member welcoming ceremony. Rededication is also um, commonly lumped in with investiture because a lot of times we have a mixed group doing the ceremony. And so there's girls who are brand new members. They're doing their investiture and, and adults, too. Adults also get an investiture. If you're brand new, you should have an investiture ceremony for yourself as a brand new member. Um, or your service unit will have one for you or your neighborhood or whatever you call it. And also there are people who are returning Girl Scouts and returning Girl Scout members are rededicating themselves to the promise and the law and they are welcomed back for another year of membership. Now, membership technically rolls over in October. So the Girl Scout year technically rolls over in October. So that's one of the reasons why September is a really big recruitment time because um, the membership year expires at the end of September. There's like a weird overlap with that because school usually starts before that. And so we have people start before that and it's just all kinds of fuzzy, um, but that's okay. So um, yeah, so investiture and rededication, that's usually taking place because we're like, woohoo, we're doing a new year. Welcome to the new year. At investiture slash rededication, a, a lot of times some troops in the same kind of time frame, this back to troop slash investiture slash rededication time, a lot of troops will also do bridging at this time. Now, bridging is also commonly in the spring. I would say the like national theme is to bridge in the spring, but it is 
highly, highly celebrated in the fall as well. So there's no wrong way to do it. You can bridge in the fall at the very beginning of the year to the new level, or you can bridge at the very end of the year in the spring. And bridging is when girls move up from one level to the next. So as an adult, you don't move up because your level is adult, even if you work with other levels. So as an adult, you're not bridging, but your girls might bridge. So bridging is basically like Girl Scout graduation to the next level. So you have daisies at kindergarten and first. You have brownies at second and third. You have juniors in fourth and fifth. Cadets in sixth, seventh, eighth. Seniors in ninth and tenth. And ambassadors in eleventh and twelfth. And then ambassadors level up when they graduate after twelfth grade. They level or they bridge to adult. So. Once you're an adult, you don't bridge anymore. You're just an adult. (laughs) Um, And I've talked a lot about bridging on this podcast in the past. This isn't going to be a bridging episode, so we're not going to go into what does a bridging ceremony look like. We're not going to go into all of the questions of like the complications of who might or might not be bridging. Um, But the short answer to everyone's question about bridging is that um, if a girl gets held back or skips a grade, then the correct answer is whatever's best for her developmentally. If it's best for her to be held back in Girl Scouts or to skip ahead in Girl scouts, then that's the right thing to do. If the best thing is to keep her with her peers, then that's the right thing to do. It is a personal choice and um, the family obviously needs to be consulted and taken into consideration and the specific girl needs to be taken into consideration and that's that. Anyway, um, so that's sort of back to school time. Also, similarly, like I said, September is really, really big recruitment. September also has, um, obviously, September 11th. So there might be the opportunity to do some um, kind of patriotism type things. There might be a good opportunity to talk about um, government and community badges. We have democracy badges. Um, All of these things might be applicable. during that time, you might choose to kind of recognize the day by, um, or the occasion, I guess, by incorporating some of that programming. Um, and there's also the rollover of the Girl Scout year for October. Um, October 31st is obviously Halloween, but it's also Juliet Lowe, Juliet Gordon Lowe's birthday. Juliet Gordon Lowe is the founder of Girl Scouts. She founded Girl Scouts in 1912 in Savannah, Georgia. And um, in honor of her birthday, a lot of troops will either learn about her or they'll work on like the Girl Scout Way badges at each level. It's just an opportunity to sort of incorporate some of that programming and also learn some Girl Scout history and feel connected to the greater Girl Scout community and the um, the history of the sisterhood. Uh, some people do birthday parties for Juliet Lowe. Some people combine Halloween and uh, Juliet's birthday and they do like a Halloween themed birthday party. You can do it however you want, but those are things obviously that are taking place in October that you might want to consider. And in November, we have obviously Thanksgiving. So incorporating, you know, friendships and, um, and giving and being thankful and building relationships and 
what are our relationships like? What are our families like? What is our family story? What are family traditions and history? There's a lot of opportunity to incorporate some Girl Scout programming around Thanksgiving if you want. But also it's something to take into consideration with the fact that that's a lot of time off school. It's probably a lot of time off Girl Scouts. And it's also a time that a lot of families going to our families are going to be unavailable. They might be traveling. Um, yeah. Also during this period of the fall, September through November, for the most part, there is a program that is often referred to as fall sale. Now, because some people sell cookies in the fall, as I mentioned in the past, although that's few and far between, but um, fall sale isn't fall sale for everyone. But fall sale normally refers to nuts and candy. Um, and in fact, sometimes they also do like gifts and knickknack type things. Um, in the past, they did calendars, Girl Scout calendars. So you might remember that when you were a kid or you might remember years ago, somebody coming around door to door to sell Girl Scout calendars. I actually miss those. I wish they were still around, but they are not. Um, also, magazine subscriptions are part of this sale, which is kind of random. This is typically a friends and family sale. Now, some areas will do this with cookie booths but like or cookie-like booths, um, so they'll have nut booths. But a lot of areas, this is just friends and family. So you have the order card, you take it to work. Um, that's like the common thing. I'm not saying that's how you're supposed to do it. The girls are supposed to sell it, but they go door to door and offer it. Um, it's just one of those like kind of more typical order card style fundraisers. Um, they also can sell online. There's an online selling platform now. Um, where people can order it and have it shipped or order it and have it girl delivered, request girl delivery. So um, that is the smaller fundraiser of the two Girl Scout fundraisers. Now, I'm going to go ahead and say this is extremely optional. You don't have to participate in any money and earning activity in order to be a Girl Scout. I will say from a troop leader perspective, it is easier if you do participate in money earning projects, but cookies can be so overwhelming and frankly so profitable that you do not have to participate in the fall product program if you do not want to. And um, my troop has gone back and forth on it. Some years we've participated, sometimes we did not. Um, even when we did, I never had every girl in the troop participate, um, so it totally varied. And we barely made money off of this sale because it just can't compare to cookies. First of all, it has not nearly the recognition in the public that cookies do. Like people want the cookies. They don't know anything about the nuts and candy, even though the product lineup is quite good. It is delicious. They have some really, really, really yummy stuff. Um, but also there's no booths for the most part. In most areas, there's no booths. And that makes a really huge difference as to how many items you actually sell. So we can sell hundreds of cookies at a booth, um, in one booth at a time. And we're lucky in my troop if we sell hundreds of items for the entire sale for fall product. So we just make less money. Um, Although I have found that most of the time you make more money per item sold as profit to your troop during fall sales. So it's a more profitable sale per item. It's just less profitable overall because you sell fewer items, like by a lot, like by thousands. Okay. So if you don't want to do it, especially as a brand new troop, you can absolutely skip it. The repercussions for skipping one of the two sales is that some councils will not let you do additional fundraisers of your own if you do not participate in both 
cookies and fall product. Um, that's like kind of getting into semantics, but I'm just going to say like that's the major downfall of not participating in both. Um, some councils will also do kind of like spiffs to try to encourage you to do both because obviously they make money too and they need money to operate. So it benefits them if you participate in both. Duh. Um, they want they want the membership to participate in both. Um, so sometimes councils will do specific extra programs or extra offers like you can earn something for your troop or you can get an extra cookie booth spot if you participate but that varies by council there's no guarantee that it exists and it might change year to year so by not participating in fall sale yes you may miss out on some opportunities but those are very limited and certainly not required in order to participate in general, you may ultimately decide that those are worthwhile and you want to take on the extra money earning opportunity, or you might decide that it's not worth the extra work and it's okay to miss out. It just totally depends on the like minor benefits. It just totally depends on your troop, but like, yeah, it's fine. So you don't have to do it. <laughs> and my troop has commonly not done it. I'm just trying to put it that way. Okay. So that's sort of what the fall looks like. Then we get into December. Once we pass Thanksgiving, we're really into holiday season, winter holidays. And so you've got, first of all, you're getting into the winter. So you're looking at kind of more of like the snow oriented um, badge work and activities and like ice skating as a really common um, troop activity and those kinds of things. Now, depending on the area you're in, this may or may not be relevant. Like I'm in Arizona and in specifically in Phoenix, we don't have any snow. And in fact, our winter is basically like everyone else's summer. So honestly, like that's when we're doing other people's summer activities. That's when we're doing the most hiking. That's when we're doing the most outdoor stuff because it's beautiful here in December to be outside uh, in a t-shirt and capris, right? But in other parts of the country, that's obviously not the case. So it totally varies. Also, I grew up in like Maryland, Pennsylvania, and um, December was not really the height of winter. The height of winter wasn't really until like February. So we got most of our snow much later in the year. So so anyways, all of this to say it's not again, it's not a science because there's a lot of different um, geographic areas that are taken into consideration here. But um, December, you have like winter time generally, and then all of the winter holidays. So you've usually got Hanukkah, you've got Christmas, you've got um, like New Year's Eve coming up. And then um, there's a lot of family travel. There's time off school. There's time off work. There's, um, yeah, all of that stuff. And so a lot of troops do caroling. Um, and again, this is obviously... <laughs> usually Christmas specific. And so you do not have to do it. It, uh, if you do do it, there's ways to do it in a, as inclusive way as possible. Um, or if you have a less diverse group, then you might be able to just do Christmas caroling period. Um, whatever. It's a really common time to do that. It's also a common time for toy drives. It's a really common time for um, like light parades. You can either go see lights or you can be part of a light parade. Um, it's a really common time for holiday parties. It's a really common time to do some kind of troop gift. You do not have to, um, but if you want to, you totally can. Also gift exchanges. So you might do like a funny sock exchange or a gag gift exchange or something like that. Um, 
So yeah, so those are kinds of the things that might be going on in December seasonally. The other thing that happens in my area, and this really depends on how your cookie season hits, is kind of cookie craziness starts. So some people start selling cookies in December. In my area, um, we don't start until January, but our troop order is due in December. Now, the way cookie ordering works depends on your council. So I'm not going to like spend a whole dramatic amount of time, but um, I am going to say that in my council, December would be the time that you might be having parent meetings to talk about cookies and setting cookie expectations. It's when we're um, definitely signing up for cookie booths for the spring. It's when we have to turn in our troop order. It's when we're really getting organized for cookies. So this is also when I start doing cookie prep with my girls, with my troop. I review the flavors and the prices. We talk about making change depending on the age of the girls, especially. Um, we, you know, counting money, like that's something that this is the time to do it in most, in a, in a lot of places. Um, I personally like to kind of do the cookie badges before cookie season so that during cookie season itself, we can do other badges because um, I just feel like the girls kind of get a little cookied out if they're doing booths all the time and walkabouts all the time and selling cookies, selling cookies, selling cookies. Then they come to Girl Scouts and they do more freaking cookies. So in my troop, um, I like to do the cookie badges going into cookie season so they're prepped and they're ready and they're like in cookie mode when the actual sale starts. And then during the actual cookie program, they're doing other things. So December's when we start doing that kind of stuff. Um, okay, and then January, in my area, cookies are delivered in January. So that is um, when cookie season starts for my troop. That's when booths start. That's when door to doors start is during January. That may or that may or may not be early in your area, but in my area, that's when that starts. But in addition, you're still you're coming out of the new year, so you have a lot of new year stuff. There's a lot of goal setting opportunity for program to talk about goal setting, to talk about you know what you want to be when you grow up, to talk about um, goal setting for cookies for your troop, to talk about. Um, you know, dreams for the future to all those kinds of things, because when we're in new year mode and new year resolution mode, there's a lot of opportunity there to tie in that kind of program. Um, we're also we also have MLK Day in January. So there's a really good opportunity to kind of talk about some diversity things or divert do some diversity programming after the Black Lives Matter movement really gained a lot of traction in 2020. A ton of programs, not GSUSA programs, but programs from different troops or other organizations. Um created a lot of program to work with kids about diversity and about anti-racism. And so this is a really cool way to kind of tie in seasonally that kind of program. Of course, you can do that kind of program any time of year slash all year. And I'm never going to tell you it's a bad time to do anti-racism work. It's always a good time to do anti-racism work. And we should do it more than just during MLK Day or Black History Month, which is February. But, um, you know, I just I think that when we're talking about seasonality and trying to plan our year and figure out where stuff kind of fits in, that's an easy tie in. 
Similarly, on that note, February is Black History Month, so that is a good opportunity as well. Um, World Thinking Day is also in February, and so that is a World Association of Girl Guides and Girl Scouts, or WAGS, holiday. So it's an international holiday that is celebrated by Girl Guides and Girl Scouts all over the world. And there's lots of ways to celebrate it. I've talked about this a lot. Again, we're not going to like get too in the weeds about how to celebrate World Thinking Day, but I am going to say that every single year there is a theme for World Thinking Day. And every single year there's a new badge packet for K to 5 and a new badge packet for 6 to 12, or they call it Daisy through Junior or Cadet through Ambassador. Um, They have badge packet information and an official badge that goes with that badge packet every single year there's a new one for that theme and so february is a really good time to do it Um, similarly there is another international badge called global action now the global action award is not actually related to world thinking day but we tend to associate the two very closely because it's both international program so the actual badge packets and again there's a badge packet for global action for Um, daisies, brownies, and juniors, and then there's a separate badge packet for cadets, seniors, and ambassadors. And um, although the badge is the same, they just have different requirements depending on the age group. And the theme for global action changes every year. But um, those packets and that badge are specific to GSUSA, but the theme is international. And so... (laughs) We usually tend to do World Thinking Day and Global Action in February. Um, For us, that's also cookie season. So we're doing tons of cookie booths and things um, outside of meetings. But at meetings, we tend to do World Thinking Day and Global Action. My girls loved Global Action and World Thinking Day. That was some of their favorite program. Um, You also can do the international badge work if you want, WAGS or the World Association of Girl Guides and Girl Scouts. They have badge packets every year as well for their own badge, but then you would have to pay to have it shipped internationally if you want the actual badge that goes with it. You could do a fun patch if you prefer, and then it's domestic shipping, but Um, But that's cool, too, if you want to dig into those themes a little bit more. In the past, my girls have loved World Thinking Day and Global Action so much that actually they would have been okay with just doing the whole year of World Thinking Day and Global Action. So um, that's kind of what we were moving toward before the pandemic happened. But um, yeah, so that's February. It's like cookies. And some people, this is still cookie prep, right? Because cookie season hasn't hit everywhere in February. But in my council that's cookie season is is pretty much february um and then world thinking day falls in february and global action doesn't actually have a day associated so it can be any time we just tend to associate it with february because it's another wags program it's another international program and since world thinking day falls in february similarly you can actually do the world thinking day program anytime during the year as well it changes every calendar year but the actual day world thinking day is in february March includes the Girl Scout birthday, which is the day that Juliet Gordon Lowe registered the first 18 members, the very first inaugural members of the organization. And she did that on March 12th of 1912. And so we recognize that as the birthday of our organization every year on March 12th. And in addition, we actually, whatever week, 
of any given calendar year that contains March 12th, that becomes known as Girl Scout Week. So the actual dates change every year because it's Sunday to Saturday and it starts with Girl Scout Sunday and then it goes through that week into Saturday. Now, this is essentially like a spirit week of sorts to recognize and feel connected to Girl Scouts. And there's all kinds of fun, non-secular ways to celebrate this. And every year, different people plan different ways to kind of recognize um, Girl Scout week and participate in some of the fun activities there. Um, But in addition... Girl Scout Week also contains Girl Scout Sunday, Girl Scout Shabbat, and Girl Scout Sabbath. So for those who do feel connected to a faith community that one of those days would be part of, um, there's an opportunity there to kind of make the connection between your faith and what you believe and what spiritual community you belong to with being a Girl Scout. And a lot of religious services that week will also recognize Girl Scouts. It's a good opportunity to work on My Promise, My Faith. It's a good opportunity to work on the different religious awards that are available for scouting communities. It's also a good time to um, plan a service project to give back to your faith community if you have one. But again, if you are not part of a faith community or if your troop is made up of like a diverse, um, like you don't share a spiritual affiliation um, among all of your troop members, your troop members all do their own thing and they do not all have a shared affiliation, then it doesn't have to be religious-based. It can just be connecting to being a Girl Scout, being proud of being a Girl Scout, and reflecting on what being a Girl Scout means. So therefore, it's also a good opportunity this around this time or in March in general to learn about Girl Scout history, Girl Scout traditions, to explore like the promise and the law, and um, to really be connected to what it means to be a Girl Scout and to be part of this national sisterhood. April, we have, um, again, getting a little religious, usually Easter falls in April. So we have that. And the main reason we need to take that into consideration is because there is spring break usually corresponds with Easter. Sometimes spring break is in March. So that's something to think about too that I kind of did not mention. Um, but there's usually some time off of school in for Easter. And um, we want to be aware of that because um, a lot of times, whether families celebrate Easter or not, if they have a three-day weekend or if they have a whole week off or something that corresponds with that, with that specific holiday, then um, they're going to likely be out of town or unavailable or participating in family activities during that time. So regardless of whether they celebrate it or not, they usually have it off of work and school, which means they're going to do something with their families. And you probably are too. So that's something to keep in mind. Um, April is also a really, still a really big cookie time, depending on where you are. In my area, cookies are definitely over by April, but some areas are boothing all of April. So just depending on where you are, this could still be big time cookies. April is also Volunteer Appreciation Month, like in general, but Girl Scouts definitely recognizes Volunteer Appreciation Month. And um, so there's usually some marketing material around 
volunteer appreciation. It's also, if you choose to participate in it, an opportunity for you to recognize other volunteers. There's often recognition ceremonies and whatnot for volunteers. This can be a sore subject because pretty much every volunteer feels underappreciated and underrecognized. But um, <laughs> that is uh, Volunteer Appreciation Month. So if you want to contribute to the solution, then maybe that's a good time for you to recognize your co-leaders and recognize other volunteers in your area. Um, this is also when my troop tends to do like bridging requirements, like not the actual ceremony, but the badge and also year planning for the next year. Um, because my girls finish school usually early to mid-May. And so April is really the time where we're doing like talking about next year, reflecting on this past year, what was great, talking about what we want to do next year. If they're bridging, where are they bridging to? What does that new level include? What kind of badges are available to them? What kind of opportunities are available to them at that new level? Um, and they can reflect back on the things that they loved the most about their previous level and so on. So normally my troop does that in April. But if you are in school until June, so if you're more of a September to June, whereas I'm more of an August to May, if you're more September to June, then that might be May. In May, again, we may have some year planning stuff going on. Um, for my troop, normally that would be when the troop leaders are planning the year using girl feedback from April. But um, you, we might even do that in April, actually. But, um, you know, you might be doing that. And depending on how your school year falls, you might be doing the things that I was just talking about in April, you might be doing that in May with getting girl feedback. Also, the actual bridging ceremony is probably in May, whether you're doing that with just your troop or you're going to a council-wide ceremony or a service unit or neighborhood-wide ceremony. Um, you could be going to a different council like... Um, San Francisco has a big Golden Gate Bridge um, bridging ceremony every year where girls from all over the country go to San Francisco so they can bridge across that bridge together to their new level. Um, so that kind of stuff usually, I believe that takes place in May, um, which will be really funny if people are listening to this who have been to that or who are in that council and they're like, it's not in May. That would be extra funny. But anyways, bridging ceremonies are often in May. GSUSA has started doing a thing called National Bridging Weekend to try to encourage as many people to celebrate bridging on the same weekend. They actually have one of those for cookies too, which I kind of missed. They have a National Cookie Weekend and that is usually at the last weekend of February because usually that is the time that most councils are doing cookies. Lots of councils are not doing cookies the last weekend of February, but most, the most people, the most overlap is the last weekend of February. So they also have a national cookie weekend. Um, but anyway, they have a, started doing a national bridging, I think it's bridging weekend, not bridging week, but a national bridging weekend where they're trying to get as many bridging ceremonies to take place as possible. And they're also doing some marketing collateral around national bridging weekend whenever it is that particular year, sometime in May. Um, I believe it's normally a little bit later in May because I think for my area, it, it falls a little late. And so... <laughs> What I've noticed is that as girls get to the end of the school year, they get crazy. They, their focus is just so gone. 
They're usually doing finals or state testing or whatever. And so they're just completely burnt out by the time they get to Girl Scouts. They're so in summer vacation mode. They're they're checked out. And so normally we only have one troop meeting in May, just depending on how it falls. We normally only have one troop meeting in May in my troop. And it's a party. <laughs> it's a party and scrapbooking and portraits, getting um, portraits taken. And so um, that's normally a wrap up time for us. But again, depending on how your school year falls, that may or may not be true. Um, The other thing that's going on in May is a lot of outdoor stuff, because in most parts of the country, that's when um, the weather's really getting beautiful enough to really, really spend a lot of time outside. Now, again, in my area, that's really happening February, March, because I live in the desert. But um, in a lot of parts of the country, May is when we're really starting to see a lot of camping stuff and um, prep for summer camp as well, prep for those residential summer camp programs. And so it's an opportunity to for girls to work on their camp skills, their outdoor skills, to be um, hiking, backpacking, learning to put up tents, learning fire safety, learning camp cooking. Um camp safety, all of that. It is also Memorial Day in May. And so there's another opportunity there to tie in some of that kind of patriotic or community building um, badge work, democracy, badge work, anything like that. Um, There's usually a lot of service projects that are geared toward Memorial Day. My troop has never participated in any of that stuff because we're always already on summer break at that time. But if you meet year round or if your school year goes a little later, then that might work a little bit better for you. Um, June, so May, June is usually when your troop financial reports are due. So um, I talked about this a little bit in the last episode, but if you follow my year planning thing, your troop financials are no big deal, but no matter who you are, you have to fill in your troop financial report each year. Um, Each troop has to do it. So I guess I shouldn't say no matter who you are. You could have a troop treasurer who does it. It doesn't have to be you, but somebody who's on your bank account is going to fill out your troop financial report to council every single year. And that's going to take place usually circa May or June. Um, Also, summer camp programs, resident camp programs are starting at your local council camps in June. And so as girls go on to summer break, they can go spend, you know, three, five, 10, 21, whatever days, um, depending on how old they are at one of the Girl Scout camps for the summer. Um, And they can do multiple sessions. Um, The they can go to summer camp in different councils too. So like if you have a girl in Arizona, where it's just where I live, she can go to camp in Massachusetts if she wants. She can go to a Girl Scout camp because you're a national member. So um, it's kind of fun to think about where you might want to travel or where it might be feasible for your girl to travel and then to check out the camp programs in that area. So that's pretty cool. So summer camp programs really start then. There are a lot of troop camping um, weekends and weeks and stuff during the summer as well. So just check your area. Um, a lot of troops do do troop camp over the summer because that's when the weather is best in most places. That's not true where I am. So um, there is still troop camp opportunity where uh, in Arizona. If you're in Arizona, there's definitely still troop camp promotions going on at the summer camps. Um 
here in the state. But um, and definitely some troops meet all summer. Some troops camp all summer outside of Girl Scout camp properties. My troop just doesn't. Um, But yeah, so that's kind of June. And then in July, we are still seeing camp. Um, We also have the 4th of July. So once again, there's a lot of service project opportunity. There's a lot of travel that's going to be happening for families. Um, People are off of work. um, And of course, girls are out of school. And um, there's, you know, patriotism slash kind of community building badge work that might be a good opportunity there. And um, this is also when, to me, we start kicking into high gear for prep for the next year. Also, at some point over the summer, and this is going to vary depending on where you are, um, you might start hearing about it in May, but um, primarily circa June. And there's usually, I think, a deadline in July for early registration. So this is like a summer thing. Um, We also call it spring registration because it starts like right at the end of the school year usually. Um, but spring registration slash early registration also takes place at this time. And basically that's encouraging as many returning members as possible to renew their registration for the next year. And there's a lot of reasons for this, but this isn't going to be a spring registration promotion episode. The point is that early registration normally takes place then. So if your troop's returning, that's an opportunity for you as the troop leader to go ahead and renew all of your members using cookie money or troop funds or you can have families reimburse you um and sometimes there's like benefits to doing usually there's some kind of benefit to doing early registration like financially it'll cost the same but they'll give you a t-shirt or a patch or an extra cookie booth slot or something for participating in early registration um so and maybe all of the above um but yeah so They really, really want to get as many people registered as early as possible because membership is so critical to the success of the council. And um, recruitment, you're then going to move back into recruitment season, right? And moving into recruitment season in order for a council to know how many members they really, quote unquote, need to recruit is going to be really influenced by how many people re-register. And so that's really, really helpful for them to know. It's also helpful from like an insurance standpoint and everything like that, because you get all your ducks in a row as early as possible. So um, yeah, anyway, um, that's that. So that is kind of an overview of sort of the ebb and flow of the Girl Scout year. Like I said, I'm sure this was not 100% comprehensive. I'm sure, I'm certain there are a lot of things that I have missed or forgotten um oh like one that just popped into my head is so in my council it's in march but i think nationally it's like may is when they recognize high awards (laughs) totally missed that one so junior girl scouts in fourth and fifth grade can earn the bronze award um cadet girl scouts in sixth seventh and eighth grade can earn the silver award and um high school girl scouts uh either seniors or ambassadors ninth tenth eleventh twelfth they can earn their gold award basically by doing a project on their own that they plan on their own that doesn't correspond to other badge work or whatever like they came up with it based on a problem in their community and exploring the root cause of that problem and then creating a project around solving the root cause of that problem. And so that's sort of the general overview of high awards or 
medal awards. Um, and those are generally recognized, especially gold awards, the, the highest award a Girl Scout can earn. Um, in my council, that's generally celebrated in March, but um, nationally, I believe that's recognized in May. So I kind of forgot that one, but it kind of goes with all the recognition stuff, I guess, which is um, for volunteers is generally April. But anyway, I'm, this is definitely not comprehensive. I'm certain I'm forgetting things. Um, and I did take notes, like I put notes down for everything, but I still thought of a bunch of stuff while I was recording that I had not written down. And, um, yeah, so this is not a be all end all list, but it's just a general overview, a general idea. So you kind of know what to expect if you're a new troop leader. I really hope this was helpful for you. If you know a new troop leader who really needs an overview, a crash course like this, who would really, really benefit from it, send them this episode. Um, if you found this helpful, please, please, please leave me a review and let me know that you're listening and that you liked it and that you want more content like this if it applies to you. Um, and if you want to connect with me because I'm an actual human, then you can email me at girlscoutpodcast at gmail.com. Um, and make sure you join my Facebook group because I have some really, really cool stuff coming for troop leaders. No matter how long you have been involved in Girl Scouts, I have all kinds of cool stuff coming um, really, really soon. And so you want to get in my Facebook group so you don't miss it. And you can get there at facebook.com slash Girl Scout podcast. So I try to make it as simple as possible. <laughs> facebook.com slash Girl Scout podcast. And um, that's where I'm going to be announcing giveaways and holiday uh, opportunities and um, then some really cool new, um, new things in the spring. So or in the new year, I guess I should say. So anyway, make sure you get in my Facebook group. I'm excited to connect with you over there. And um, I look forward to hearing from you. I hope that you loved it. I hope that this was helpful. And I will talk to you soon.